Did you miss 49ers War Room? It was absolutely spectacular. Our guests did an amazing job. They did. They did do an amazing job. And I would say shame on you, but luckily, you can go back and watch it immediately after this, and you should definitely do so. So make sure you come back to the channel, go through Season 2 playlist, and find yourself some 49ers War Room. You don't want to miss 49ers War Room. It's the best thing going today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast Time. We know what you're here for. You're here for Daniel Brunskill news. Woo! He's re-signed, Ant. Yeah. Tender accepted. The, 40, the 49ers don't have 19 problems, apparently. Nope, none it's at all. It's all about Brunskill. It's all about Aziz Alshire. Hold up, Caleb. What? Wait, Debo asked for a trade? He did? Oh, my gosh. Wow. That's crazy. Wow, I'm shocked. Maybe we'll have to talk about that. I'm shocked. Something. Yeah, you know, I, I I did put this out on Twitter today. I definitely plan on talking about Debo Samuel. You knew the whole time? Yeah, I knew the whole time because Man. I haven't got to speak about Debo Samuel, and sure. I held back last year on – or last week – or last night. Ooh, last week, last year, but last night on Aftermath. It's been a long weekend. It, it, <laughs> it, it, I'll be honest. To talk about Debo and not talk – it felt like a year, so – it feels like it's been a, a, a long off-season already. It has been a long off-season. It's taken a lot yeah. of years off of our life, and that's okay. We love this football team despite that. It's yeah. a, it's a-okay. A uh, but look, uh, Lax, Dad, best intro in the biz. Let's go. Appreciate that. Paul Sanders, we made it to the Super Bowl in 2018 without Debo running the football a whole lot. We just got to find the right running back. Look, we're going to get to Debo, TCC. We're going we're gonna to get there. Let's not, not blow the Debo load early in the show. And let's focus in on 49ers news because... There is some. There is some 49ers news. Daniel Brunskill and Juwan Jennings signed their restricted free agent tenders. So they are back in San Francisco. Woo! All right. I, 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 yeah, color me shocked. I mean, this is something you knew was going to happen. Now, coming with that, though, is tomorrow is the deadline for Aziz Alshire uh, and his tender to be reached. Now, we know the numbers said he had a, a second-round tender put on him. That's a little over $3.9 million. It's fully expected that Aziz Alshire will sign his tender. Now, the 49ers haven't announced exactly how they're coming up with the money for these. Daniel Brunskill's tender was around $2.4 million. You have uh, Aziz Alshire, who's going to be close to $3.9 million. Jawan Jennings, we don't know the basis of his contract, but I'm guessing a little over a million dollars. Where exactly did they come up with the money? I'm guessing there is a, a move that has been made financially to free up some, some cap space, whether that is signing somebody to an extension or restructuring a contract. But the 49ers definitely have done something to be able to make this work because they still have you know Jimmy Garoppolo's $25 million, and they're still trying to figure out how to pay Tebow Samuel. So I figure there's going to be some news coming out about this as soon as it becomes official. A very true, Ant and Mark, you're not wrong. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll just... Settle in and wait. So look, not a surprise that this happens. Yeah. Just nice to hear. But yeah, the, the question mark now is what is Aziz? Because he's got a day. And he's got got a day to, to get that tender signed. Is he waiting for something? Are the Niners waiting for something? 
I don't know. Uh, now, here's the good news. I think it, I, I, we, we were looking this up. We were trying to figure out, like, does something happen if he doesn't sign his tender? It doesn't look like anything happens. So I, I think the only thing that may occur is that he might not be allowed to entertain maybe new offers that may come in after the deadline. So like the, the tomorrow's deadline is the last time he can like field new offers. And then he'd have to just consider what he wants to do. And the Niners have the opportunity to match. It's going to happen tomorrow. He's going to sign his tender. He's going to be San Francisco 49er. I mean, we, we should know, right. To pay attention to social media. When you scrub your social media, something happens. Well, Aziz Alshire, when he got tendered the, the second round tender, he said, let's go time to ride for one more year. Uh, on Instagram. So that that right there means he's coming back to San Francisco. He was ready to roll with that tender. Didn't think he was going to get something elsewhere. So Aziz Alshire is going to be at the 49ers. Jerry Greenlaw, it looks like he's going to be with the 49ers. Now, one thing to watch, though, is the 49ers have been willing to trade linebackers and trade players during the draft. Potentially, if they decided to move off from a player, it could happen next week during the draft. I hope not. I want to have a linebacker core that consists of Fred Warner, Aziz Alshire, and Dre Greenlaw. I think that gives the 49ers the best opportunity to win on defense, and that's what you're looking for. So the versatility there, roll it out for one more year. If one of them leaves the next year, you get the comp pick back. Uh, very true. I see Bobo just now. Debo and Kinlaw to the Colts for Buckner and Gilmore. <sighs> well, well, you mean like Stephon Gilmore? Yes. I mean, he just went there. Like that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know what his contract like like says, but I don't think, I don't think they would. That's the Indianapolis Colts are willing to make that move. No, no. There's just it's just no. Um, and, and look, uh, Mr. Corey brought up an interesting comment earlier about the whole Mostert being traded situation, and or we'll, we'll get get into all of it. So, Mr. Corey, I, I have that saved here. I'm going to get to that comment a little bit later when we get into the Debo actual conversation and getting around into this and just talking about it and letting ant have have his say because i got to go live with it an and you yeah. had to sit here and wait for the live q a for a handful of days um but i'm seeing a lot of the chat right now uh debo ego debo to the jets for a tenth and a couple of seconds um i'm i'm just not on this boat with a lot of the tcc david asked earlier you know am i the only one who feels calm about the situation um at the time when it happened it was just confusing the more information that's come out, the more confused I am about it than anything else. Um, and it's it's frustrating right now to be thinking about having to think about this because you have the draft coming up here. You have the draft coming up in less than a week at this point in time. It's literally less than a week away. The focus should be on what the team's going to be doing in terms of building out the roster with young talent. We shouldn't, as a fan base, be worried about whether or not your star re- receiver is going to be coming back into the fold. And, I mean, honestly, if Debo were to get traded, Ant, like – it, it would have to happen before the draft or on draft day, early on the draft day. It would have to happen before the draft because you're probably going to end up with a first-round pick. The thing that Debo is doing and his agent has done is very strategic. Of course, you're going to put out that you want to be traded before the draft because that's going to stir up the most you know, interest in you. So if you're not getting what you're wanting from the 49ers, potentially you can stir up enough interest to maybe put some pressure on them to do so. However, this is a, a good, you know, idea on their part i believe it's really misguided because he has no leverage and i'm going to repeat that he has no leverage he can sit out the year if he wants like if, if that's what he wants to do he's going to be fined heavily for doing so according to the cba it will not count as a crude season so he will be back after that year off and he'll be back with the 49ers hello tarverius moore who had an injury came back and is under the same contract he was so nothing changes you just put pause now when it comes to debo samuel's situation i'm going to make it as clear as i can about how i feel now 
number one, I have zero feelings towards Debo, and I have zero feelings about what he's doing because uh, go get your money, kid. I mean, that's what it's about. Here's the problem. If the and these are all reports, right? We don't know how much of this is true. And Debo came out and said, "Here's the thing. I want to. I want to. I want to actually bring this up really quick because you just brought it up. You just mentioned it. We don't know how clear it is. Here is how unclear things are about Debo trade negotiations. Three hours ago, David Benia reported 49ers reportedly offered this deal to Debo Samuel, and the two sides remain far apart. Four minutes ago, Ant. Four minutes ago, Niners haven't made an offer at all. Any offer to Debo Samuel." David Benia. So yeah, literally polar opposite spectrums. Four years, hundred million was offered to Debo Samuel. Nothing has been offered to Debo Samuel in the span of the last four hours. Nobody knows anything. Oh, that's why I was about to say Debo Samuel put on his social media that only the 49ers, his agent, and Debo Samuel know what is going on, and, and that's it. So all we have are ideas. Now we've heard the twenty-five million dollar number, so I'm going to play off of that, and then we've we've heard that he doesn't want to play. Uh, wide back potentially he only wants to play you know wide receiver now if Debo Samuel is a wide receiver for the 49ers I'm not paying Debo Samuel if I'm the GM 25 million dollars he's not a 25 million dollar wide receiver he's a 17 to 18 million dollar wide receiver as a plain wide receiver if he's a wide back I'm paying him 25 million dollars so if he's expressed to the 49ers that he doesn't want to be wide back anymore then the 49ers aren't going to come with a $25 million offer. They're going to come with a $17 to $18 million offer. That's what you're going to get, Debo, on the open market as a plain wide receiver. Because his value is his versatility and being able to do all the different things that he's asked. So if he's a wide back, he's definitely a, a big-time weapon and worth $25 because he changes the offense. If not, he's a wide receiver that's not worth $20 million. That's just the, This is how I see it, and I think the team would see it the same way. So his versatility is actually his calling card and what makes him worth the most money. You're not going to be. If you're not going to have that same versatility, you're just not worth as much money. No, you're you're not. Um, at the end of the day, it's not going to be it. Um, and look, it, you know what? This this thing with Debo Samuel, this whole situation now is is more confusing than ever because of those comments, right? The comments that came out that that were saying things like he doesn't want to be. He didn't like the role he was being utilized, right. and he didn't enjoy those things. Now Debo has come out and said, you know, the only people that know the negotiations of what's going on, like you talked about already, is him his agent, and the Niners. So everything that is coming out right now, you have to take with a grain of salt. You can't take it as fact. You can't take it as truth. You can't take it as anything because every five minutes, the narrative changes. Every hour, something changes. New information comes out. Conflicting information comes out. Debo, Debo Samuel sells wideback merch on, on his yeah, represent website. Which I have a problem with. <laughs> wideback is a terrible name. It's, a, it's terrible. We talked about this on Aftermath. Come on, man. Yeah, you did. That's right. If, if, I mean, listen. <laughs> Patreon channel members right now going, they're regurgitating stuff last night from Aftermath. That's because y'all got to hear some of the pitches yeah. before we come to the actual shows. It's great. So if you want a little, you know, I guess inside baseball, Ant, then this is a plug for the would Patreon. It be, and would the it be inside football? Not inside football? Inside football. It would be. It would be inside football, cutback football. So th there's, there there's that. Um, you can come over to the channel members and Patreon and you know all this beforehand. <laughs> uh, but look, he, I mean, right, he sells his own merch. That's his own wide back merch. Like he's marketed this in this way if he was truly unhappy with the role he wouldn't have been marketing it he yeah. wouldn't have been going to kyle shanahan a few days a week and sitting in on meetings for the game plans and understanding what his role was going to be like him and kyle have a really good relationship they talk they spend time together they, they've discussed things i have a very hard time believing that what we're seeing right now is the complete divulsion right the erosion of this relationship before our very eyes now Debo wants nothing to do with the 49ers and more of D 
Debo is playing hardball in terms of what he wants, right? He wants specific money regardless of whatever role he plays. And the Niners going, dude, no, just no. More akin to what you said, yeah. right? That if you're, if it's this, if this is the role you want, this is what you're getting paid. And if you want this much money, this is the role you have to play. This yeah. is what you have to do. Uh, this is business. This isn't about relationships. You know what I mean? As much as these guys are friends, uh, when it comes down to it, Kyle Shanahan's a head coach, and he's got to make decisions that way. I mean, one of the hardest things to do as a head coach is to remove a player or remove a coach from your staff or you know do the things that you need to do. Those things are tough. Uh, it, it's excruciating to go and tell somebody that you have a relationship with you know, that you're not going to be able to do that. So when these guys are doing negotiations, uh, you you throw the friend thing out the window. Like the relationship thing is is one thing, but you got you're doing business right now, and that's how everyone's approaching it. Debo Samuel and his agent are doing what they feel is best for his brand and business, and the 49ers are going to do what's best for them and the 49ers in the future. And if they can come to an agreement where it's mutually beneficial for both, they're going to do that. If they can't, then they're going to have to make other you know other things and and do other things to make your team you know better uh, or at least survive what is the fallout from this. I do believe that they can come to an agreement at some point. I don't know how much of this is true. I don't know how much of the wide back stuff is true that he doesn't want to play in those roles again. I can see an agent not wanting you to play in that sort of role because it will definitely hurt your longevity in the sport, which hurts their pocket, but. which definitely hurts, you know, the opportunities to get a another contract. So yeah, I think that there's something that plays into that, but we'll see. I mean, and that's the thing. We do not know the inner workings of this contract situation, nope. but what we do know is both sides are trying to do what's best for them in this situation. And in the end, what's best for business will be what is done uh, from either side. And I think that this is just something that when push comes to shove, you hope it works out for both, but it might not. I mean, that's just that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Uh, look, Bomber T just asked Coach Ant Alex, do you guys think he even wants to play for the 49ers anymore? The evidence overwhelmingly seems like he doesn't. I haven't um, seen that evidence. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's about playing for the 49ers. Like I don't think that's the reason why. I think this is just business. It just you have to separate. Like these guys are businessmen. And so when they're making a decision, they're making a decision for their family, what's best for their brand. Uh, it's it's not about the team they're playing. It's not personal like that. So when these guys are doing the things that they're doing, it has less to do with the organization that they're coming from and and more about what they're doing to try to further their career further their well-being, make it the best for their family. That's just the way it is. Um, Laxstad said, you know, Debo has made this personal. I feel like a lot of people have taken the, the trade demand and are blowing it to mean like he doesn't want to be here when the reality yeah. is the trade demand could be coming, coming across and coming into the fold because negotiations aren't going the way he would like them to go. So he's basically putting his foot down, right? He's being stubborn about this. Hey, if we're not going to address this and have yeah. a serious conversation about this being this way or certain things, then you might as well trade because I'm not I'm not moving off of this point, which is kind of silly on his part for for a handful of reasons. But Mr. Corey brought up an interesting point earlier and said this earlier, and I wanted to go back to it. Um, he said Mostert asked for a trade, it didn't happen. Gold asked for a trade, didn't happen. Buckner didn't want to be traded and was. At this point, you just flip a coin on Devo. I've been a 49er fan long before Devo was ever born, but this is something that's happened with San Francisco. Players have asked for trades and demanded trades, wanting out because contract negotiations aren't going the way they want. And then a handful of those guys haven't actually gone anywhere. In fact, the, the deal gets done and is favorable to said player. Uh, Kyle Shanahan stepped in for Raheem Mostert on his behalf, and they got the deal done. They took care of Robbie Gold after he was unhappy with things that were going on. So just because someone has asked for a trade doesn't mean that the, the bridge has burnt. 
uh, and I tweeted this out too. The fact that Debo is not willing to come out publicly and state why it is that he's asking for a trade may just mean it's more posturing than anything else. I think the the belief that every time somebody asks for a trade is a foregone conclusion, right? That automatically it's like it's like asking for a divorce. Um, that's not what's happening here. That's not what what's going on. It's a leverage ploy. Okay, if you do business with somebody and you're not getting financially what you want, you can potentially put in something to get out of that contract. You put a time t time stamp on that. So what he's done is try to put a time stamp on the 49ers coming closer to an agreement with him because trading him would have to happen before, before the, draft. the draft. So all he's trying to do is speed up the process. But he's not coming out. He's not bad-mouthing the organization. He's not saying that anything that's happening is wrong. He hasn't even said playing wide back is not something he's interested in doing. Those things would have made it personal. Those things are the, the things that are hard to come back from, right? The negative comments about coach, organization, other players on your team. Just asking for a trade is asking for them to reevaluate how things are going with contract negotiations. So they're reevaluating it. He's put a timetable on what he feels is the right way. And the 49ers, because they have all the leverage in the world, can sit back and let that timetable expire, go right past the draft and just be like, hey, Debo, see you in July. We know you'll be there because you have zero leverage. Those things are all true. And I get what he's trying to do by you know creating leverage. But there's just not leverage there. And you talked about what Mr. Corey said with Robbie Gold, with Raheem Mostert. They ended up getting new contracts. The 49ers often do do this, but it will happen on the 49ers timetable and the amount of money the 49ers value him. That's just how they do it. And if not, he will play out this year on his rookie deal, and then he will get franchise tagged the, the, pre or the next season. That's sure. just how they're going to roll. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I misspoke on the live stream, man. I talked about Debo, and if he sat out, you know, well, you're going into the next year of his contract and all that sort of thing, and I, I thought he had a little bit more leverage. Yeah. You would looked it up and brought it up to me. Hey, if he actually sits out based on the rules with the with the CBA, that's not what happens. Instead, yeah. he gets that contract pushed, right? He goes from this being the last year of his rookie deal to if he sits out the whole year, well, wrong. Your next year now is the last year of your rookie deal, and he's still going to be a restricted free agent after that. So he's still two years out from being able to potentially do anything in terms of getting out to the market. So his leverage is essentially non-existent. Um, he can't just sit out. He's going to get fined more than he's made if he sits out the whole year. So he, he can't afford to do that. He has to come back and play at some point. The idea here, though, for Debo, right, is that, like you said, speeding up that timetable, trying to show that he's serious about wanting specific things and that he's not going to be a long-term solution for San Francisco if they can't come to some sort of better understanding. Now, I, I imagine, I imagine that people are, emotions are high with everybody, fans, yeah. Debo himself. I mean, you you want to get compensated for the things that you do. Do you think Debo's emotions are actually high? No, I, don't. I don't think so. Because here's the thing, if his emotions were high, we would see the the outburst, right? I mean, talk talk about some, I mean, I've seen a couple people in chat talking about how uh, he he's an emotional person. Really? I, I haven't seen that level of emotion. In fact, what I've seen from Debo Samuel is typically calmness. Calmness in, in the face of adversity, calmness in, in the face of, you know, insurmountable odds. Debo has never been the guy who gets up after plays and gets in a dude's face and takes penalties because he can't control his emotions. In fact, everything he does seems very controlled and tempered in, in how he handles yeah. his business and how he goes about things. Debo Samuel doesn't feel like that type of person. And nothing that has happened right now actually makes me upset with Debo Samuel. Nothing that has gone on makes me upset. I know some people are upset about him scrubbing social media and getting rid of 49ers pictures and all and all that nonsense. Look, you can feel whatever way you want out of that, but if that's the if that's the worst thing that we have to worry about is him putting some pictures on private so that we can't see them as 49ers fans, I'll live.
uh, he's using social media to try to you know get the you know public on his behalf you know i mean you put apply public pressure you know in these negotiations use every avenue you can lack to I cried after the nfc championship game that that shows a lack of being able to control emotion well, he did cry, but that's the emotion of the game. I mean, Vernon Davis cried when he caught a great catch, too. If you played football, you've probably showed that emotion, but that's neither here nor there. Um, anyways, when it comes to Debo Samuel, though, I mean, they're just trying to apply pressure as far as when it comes to the draft. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, the, the, the signing of the new contract, that's the way it is. Um, and applying pressure through public ways is the way that they've chose to do it because they weren't getting where they wanted behind the closed doors. Now, do I believe that his... His brother got the ball rolling on the information coming out about him getting traded? Absolutely. Was his brother supposed to do that? I don't think so. I think that was going to get leaked out. I always, I, I do believe that, but I don't think it was supposed to happen when it happened. So the timetable got improved a little bit. But when it comes down to it, these are business people trying to make decisions that are best for their future. 49ers in the best behalf of Jed York, the San Francisco 49ers organization, and for Debo Samuel and his brand. And that's what they're going to do. And there doesn't need to be any emotion, no personal, you know, parts of it. Uh, I know we're fanatics and fans, and and we want to approach it that way. Um, but just because people ask for trades doesn't mean they hate the organization, hate the fan base, or don't want to be a part of it. It just means they're trying to do what's best for them and their family. So I'm not really worried about this or concerned about this. I'm going to let it play out. If Debo Samuel ends up getting traded because that's what's best for him and the organization, then we have to move forward from that. And I think that if he if he comes back, I'll be just as excited. I'll be willing to buy my number 19 jersey. Um, I won't buy a wide back shirt because I have a little bit of problems with the name. But I, I think that overall, I don't really have a problem with these guys when they leave. I mean, they leave, they get traded, whatever. Um, I'm still a Buckner fan. I, I like him even though he was traded. And I know he didn't ask, but I'm just saying, like, just because a player leaves doesn't mean you have to completely scrub yourself from enjoying what they do. Uh, fair answer. Uh, William Roberts said he was going to get traded to the Jets for pick 10 uh, and two second rounders, 35 and 38. Joe Vitale asked, what can we get for him? Um, I've already put my pitch out there in terms of what I would need to see in order to, to get Debo Samuel, and that for me is three ones and a three. And where are you at? If this if this divulges into chaos, this divulges into anarchy, if this divulges into nonsense, and there's no future for San Francisco and Debo Samuel, and the Niners decide they need to deal this guy, what are you getting? Uh, it's going to take, I mean, either multiple players or multiple picks or a combination of both. Um, you know, I've thought about this a little bit and some of the, the players that you could get. There are some guys out there, of course, you could trade and potentially get players back because you're going to have to somehow try to, you know, make up for the, the production that you're losing from Debo Samuel. There's not another Debo Samuel in the league that does the wide back things, but you could find ways to counteract that production. But we know that there are teams in the draft that have multiple first round picks. That's the way I would start first. I'd want at least one of those first round picks, you know, and then another first in a, another year. If I'm going the pick route, if I'm going to player route, I want a deal that includes something like Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, and another pick. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for. Um, so if if somebody has those type of uh, prospects or draft picks, uh, draft capital, and then players, then those are the guys I'm interested in. So something like that is where I would start. I don't know what's gonna you know be the number, but right now Debo's at the height of you know trade value. So there's gonna be teams that are willing to offer a king's ransom for him the cowboys have called already apparently um we don't know how true that is but if they did i would say that their their thing their deal has to start with cd lamb cd lamb would have to be a start of that deal um so i think that there's some conversations there um plus who's the who's the guy they just drafted the the first round pick uh the linebacker uh parsons there you go micah parsons would have to be in part of the deal either him or cd lamb so that's where i would start fair and uh fair 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 
Um, I'm putting a poll up right now for the TCC uh, uh, just to kind of get an idea of what you're looking for for a Debo Samuel pick, uh, for Debo Samuel trade. Uh, players and picks or just picks, TCC. Players and picks or just picks. want to hear from you on that, so make sure you're voting down below and leaving more questions as well. Uh, <laughs> Lou said, ha, 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 Ant's got too much money invested in jerseys i i actually don't which it's is the opposite. which is funny i don't have that much invested in jerseys i have my travel jersey which is number 14 um but i have a jerry rice jersey yeah i have the jerry rice jersey i have a kyle use jersey i have uh fred warner and i have george kittle and besides that i don't have any other jerseys so um i'm not really invested too much in jerseys i don't normally do that because it seems like Every time I want to get a player's jersey, they end up leaving or whatever. Like, I really wanted to get a Justin Smith jersey back in the day. Um, and then, like, right when I was about to, he retired. And so I just never got around to it because I haven't been a huge jersey guy. I just got him uh, more recently is when I kind of started doing some jerseys just for fun. But, yeah. Mr. Corey, I just want everyone to know that this draft is weak outside of Trevor Penning. The Jets' picks are weak compensation. Now, hold on, though, Mr. Corey. Mr. Got, Corey's consistent if in his you got, beliefs. If you got pick 10, you could get Trevor Penning. So there you go. Right, that that for you, that's solid. Right, solid at that point in time. <laughs> Look, it's it's gonna be interesting. I know Lou earlier had uh, not Lou, a couple people earlier had said they wanted they wanted the Niners to come out and make a statement on this. I think they were supposed to address the media Monday. Yeah, they're gonna address the media Monday. It's part of the normal draft preparations. They speak to the media about you know the draft and the off season and all that good stuff. Um, I don't know how much they're going to approach the Debo situation, but you know it's gonna get asked. I would guess they're just going to say it has something to do with, you know, ongoing contract negotiations. They fully expect to try, you know, to have Debo Samuel playing for the 49ers. They're going to do their best to get him under contract. I think it's going to be pretty, um, you know, pretty clear of what they're, what they're pushing out there. So I, I think that this is going to be one of those things where you're not going to get a lot of information. I think you're mainly going to get as much information about the draft as they can divulge. Uh, very, very true. Mr. Corey screamed. Yes. By the way, Ant. A, a big fat. Yes. For Mr. Corey on Trevor Penning there at 10. So we all know what Mr. Corey would do at 10. Uh, someone had asked earlier, though, what would you guys do at 10? I'm seeing someone say they would take Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. What route would you want to go at 10, Ant? I wouldn't go Sauce. I don't think he fits the scheme of what you want to do in San Francisco. Okay. Um, I think he would be really good in a, a cover three defense. I wouldn't go Sauce, but I, I get that he's a really good player. Sure. Um, I think I would want to go with an elite edge rusher or an elite receiver at that point. If Now, if I'm getting 10, that means I've lost Debo Samuel. I need to replace him with somebody. Potentially, that's where you could strike on a receiver. I would also think if I was sitting at 10, there might be a quarterback needy team that's willing to come up. The Philadelphia Eagles have two number one picks there. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs have two number one picks. Maybe they want to come up and get a big-time player. So then you could work out some sort of a deal to move back, get extra draft capital, maybe pick up a couple of players, including an edge rusher in the first round, maybe a David Ajabo or an Arnold Ebiketti, and then still turn around and be able to get, if you got an early second-round pick, a Christian Watson. I think that would be a bang-up selection. You would need to do that because replacing Debo Samuel is going to take multiple players, not just one. Uh, it's true. Uh, it, it's true. You got to try and get as many as you possibly can. Uh, so look, it's, it's going to be, it's this whole situation is going to be interesting. And Jimmy Garoppolo came out and spoke a little bit today for the first time in quite some time, talk about his rehab process and they're getting ready to start throwing here pretty soon. He's going through his motions and he was asked a little bit about the Debo situation and what's going on there. And he says, you know, I'm not privy. I don't know what's going on, but Debo is going to get paid one way or the other, some way, some way, shape or form. It's going to happen. He, he's aware of that ant. Uh, so it was nice to hear from Jimmy, uh, but it looks like now, uh, Ant, who would have thought, right, 
we thought it was going to be quarterback controversy from now and through through until draft day, and all of a sudden, whoo, curveball, and now Debo Samuel is the biggest story in San Francisco. Yeah, there's always a story with the 49ers. I mean, this is the way it is. Uh, the 49ers turn out news like nobody's business. You don't even have to manufacture it. It just shows up. So I, I think that the Debo Samuel thing is going to be something to monitor all through the draft, and that is going to distract us from the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo could potentially get moved uh, during the draft. That's still a possibility. We know Carolina has been sniffing around it because I think they went ahead and took a look in the room and realized that a man that sees ghosts and a guy that was an AAU standout isn't exactly going to be um, getting it done as the you know the quarterback for your room. So they got to make a move there, and potentially Jimmy Garoppolo could be on target. Now, the 49ers are not going to back up back off what they want for Jimmy Garoppolo, no. especially when they know Carolina needs somebody. So pick six in the first round is going to be something to watch as Carolina makes their selection. If they don't go quarterback, uh, get ready, because Jimmy Garoppolo could be on the move. He could be, and he, he very well could be the case. I mean, you know, you and I have jokingly, and I know I've brought this up jokingly on War Rooms, every time Carolina doesn't take a quarterback at six, it's like, oh, you're going Jimmy, you can trade Jimmy to yeah. Carolina. And you can trade him for a lot in, in those mock draft simulators. But the Niners are going to hold steadfast on this. They are not going to bend. They're not going to blink. Um, if you're dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to get what they want out of it. And if they don't get what they want out of it, uh, then you might as well just roll their their view. They might be actually viewing it as you just roll through with this guy through the season. Uh, potentially. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what happens. I think the 49ers would like to move Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, if it's not during the draft, they can wait and see if there's an injury that happens during training camp. Potentially, they can move him there. So I, I think they will they will wait this thing out and get the deal that they want. To letting River Craycraft go it looks like it was like it looks like it was a mistake, guys. Oh, there you go. It looks well played, To. Well played. Yeah, I mean, you know, when it comes to Debo, I mean, the production of wide receiver is one thing. The production that he added to the team and the variety of ways that he played. Because even though he didn't play running back per se in 2019, all the reverses and all the fly sweeps and everything that he did there were also dynamic parts of the game. So those are things that you would you need in the offense. 49ers would have to figure out a way to make up for that. I don't think you can find one player out there that can get that done. You have to find a couple. Because even if you were able to get a Jameson Williams or you know a uh, a Watson, uh, they're not going to be able to do the things that Debo does the way he does it. Sure. Uh, so you would have to build your wide receiver room a little bit different. I think a couple guys you could get it done, um, but it would definitely be more difficult. Uh, that That's for sure, and it's going to be. Uh, Paul Sanders earlier asked, speaking of Justin Smith and Kinlaw, or speaking of Justin Smith, will Kinlaw and Bosa be able to work in combination uh, and be more like the studs Justin Smith and Alden Smith were for the 49ers on one side of the line. No, uh, you you have a better chance of that being Armstead and Bosa. Uh, but part of the reason that they were as dynamic as they were was Alden Smith's tremendous length as an edge rusher is different than Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is one of the best edge rushers in the league, don't get me wrong. But Alden Smith had elite you know, length. Uh, that created a lot of opportunities for him. And then Justin Smith was one of the best about creating lanes for Alden Smith to be able to get to the quarterback. So... I think it's just a different style of defense and and a different way to attack it. But I think Armstead and Bosa have the best opportunity to produce that. But the best thing for the 49ers is to actually find a speed edge rusher opposite of Nick Bosa that can meet at the quarterback. Um, so less of the stuff that's on the same side and more of the stuff that's on opposite sides because you, Nick Bosa is going to afford you the opportunity to create some one-on-ones away from him. That's true. And I just saw from Robert Aguilar, hey, guys, did you see Maurice Jones-Drew mock draft? that had the Niners trading Debo to Kansas City for their first-round picks. Um, it was also a handful of other picks, but they weren't specified. Uh, I didn't see the actual mock draft itself, but I did see the report. I did see uh, Maurice jones you talking about it just a little bit. Um, n- no. N- no. Not happening. You don't want 27 and 28? No, I, I like those picks. I just yeah. don't think that's the team he ends up with. I don't think the Niners actually pulled the trigger on that. 
on the Kansas City. Yeah. Well, I mean, more than likely, you want to move them to the AFC. So I wouldn't I put do. Kansas City out of the realm of possibilities. They do have two first-round picks. Uh, considering they have two first-round picks, then it's got to be somebody that you're at least considering. Uh, true. Ken Martin says, Wandale Robinson does everything Debo does. Um, he, he has a lot of that ability, and he's he really dynamic in the open field. I like Wandale Robinson, but he can't hold up to the rigors of doing the things Debo does. Not uh, the play in his layout. Yeah. One thing with Kansas City to watch is what if the 49ers wanted a first-round pick and Creed Humphrey? They're all pro center they just drafted last mm. year. Um, you have a center issue. You could potentially walk away with a all you know a, a big time wide receiver in the draft and Creed Humphrey. Um, maybe maybe the maybe the 49ers, if they had to move Debo Samuel would do that. I don't think they're gonna move Debo no. um personally, but I'm just saying I'm just throwing that out there because Creed Humphrey was a dynamic center and you could you know slide him in right now and he's ready to roll. You ain't wrong there, Andy. yeah. You ain't wrong. Uh, Brandon West, the dilemma has to do with guaranteed money and contractual structuring. Uh, by using him as a running back, it disallowed him to lead the league in receiving yards, equating to less annual value. Well, there's there's some of that, but he wasn't on pace. He was still about 100 yards or so behind Cooper Cup at, at that midway point of the season about around that bye week. Now, he did play one less game than Cooper Cup at that point, but it wasn't guaranteed that he was going to be leading the league in receiving yards. And what we saw out of George Kittle and Brandon Ayuka down the stretch uh, makes you believe that there was a good chance that Debo wouldn't have led the league. Um but he still had a 1,500-yard season. Uh, part of it with Debo is the 49ers wouldn't have been as good. You know what I mean? They, they really wouldn't. If he wouldn't have switched his roles and been able to play running back as well, uh, the 49ers team itself wouldn't have been as good. Him just playing wide receiver, they would have bracketed him, taken him away, uh, and then you know went after George Kittle and, and Brandon Ayuk with the coverages that they were running against him. So they could have singled them up at times. They weren't consistently winning. And then you know if you made Jimmy Garoppolo wait with the football, at times you could get to him. So... I think that Debo Samuels, yeah, his numbers did get hurt a little bit by not playing wide receiver consistently, but I don't think there would have been the the consistent jump up that he was getting early on in the season where he was making big-time you know plays happen. I think it would have slowed down as the season went on because they would have went from what they were doing before, which was bracketing George Kittle and bracketing Brandon Ayuk early in the season to bracketing Debo Samuel. Uh, very fair, Ant. Uh, very, very fair indeed. And uh, interesting situation. 59% of the TCC right now, and only 34 votes. 54 of you in here. Get those votes in, TCC. Currently, 59% saying players and picks for Debo Samuel if you were to make the trade. You don't think he's going to get traded. No. I agree with you on that. I don't think he's going to get traded either. I think he's in San Francisco for the long haul. But TCC then, let's start throwing out some teams. Start throwing out some teams that you think the Niners could consider trades for players and picks. And let's take a look at this and let's see options. And are, Is there any teams in your mind right now that you're looking at, players and pick-wise, that the Niners could deal to Debo Samuel and get a good haul or a good return. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we pitched the Cowboys one earlier. Sure. Micah Parsons being a part of that deal, maybe even C.D. Yeah. Lamb. Uh, we threw out Washington with uh, Scary Terry and then with uh, Antonio Gibson, which I like both of those players. you got to get a running back wide receiver combo if you're going to make up for Debo Samuel, right? Sure. Um, we know that everyone's going to throw out Carolina because you could get Brian Burns. Uh, thanks a lot, Brad. Uh, from the SF tweeting Niners. it every day, every until single it day. Uh, but I think that another one to throw in there potentially we know the 49ers were super high on Najee Harris last year uh, yeah. in fact you know Bobby Turner contacted him every single day and he, enough that he thought he was going to be the Niners selection in the at 12 and then potentially in the top 10 when they moved up Najee Harris Chase Claypool and a pick for Debo Samuel something to consider Silence. Wow. Silence. I've silenced him. I'm, You're welcome, TCC. I, I've done it. I don't even know what to say to that. That, that <laughs> is a... 
In other news, <laughs> in other news, I do like that is a that is a solid uh, that is a solid one there, and you're not wrong uh, about that. You're not wrong. Lax Dad asked, "Is Jimmy on the roster? Is that affecting the Niners signing Debo?" Uh, I mean, it, I think it, it it impacts how much money they can pay him this year, but it's not impacting how much they can pay him down the road. Yeah, and you know, I did see Alex um, Robert said, "Question, guys, if you think." He isn't going to extend, which I think he will. Don't you think it would be a good idea to trade him? The thing is, it is a good idea, but you don't have to do it now because you can let him play out his rookie pay scale. He's going to get just over $4 million. And then next year, you can franchise tag him, at which time if somebody wants him, the starting point is two first-round picks. So I think that you can wait, and then you can trade him when he's on his franchise tag if needed. Uh, If he doesn't sign it, of course, you can have the whole holdout thing, but at that point, you could work out a trade. So I don't think it has to happen right now. The same thing that's going on with Nick Bosa's contract. It doesn't have to happen now because May 8th, he's going to get his fifth-year option exercise, which is around $20 million. So I think that right now, it, that, that's why there's just no leverage for Debo Samuel. Um, but Because potentially, no matter where you trade him, they're going to want to extend him, whether it's this year or next year on the franchise tag. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been saying this. I, I said they could play out the year, right, with Debo's contract. I, I thought that was something they could do if they weren't getting to a spot where it felt comfortable when Debo asked for the trade. It was sort of one of those sort of those things where it's like, okay, well Debo's Debo believes he has leverage and he's trying to leverage himself into a position where he can get, get paid more. Once I found out that, you know, Hey, if he sits out the whole year or a good chunk of the year and loses out on money and there's, you know, it's not really beneficial to him, which means he kind of has to play the year out. He at this point is just playing chicken. And the only option is for him to dip, like to get out of the game of chicken because he loses. He loses in a huge way if he tries to play. He's going to lose out on money. Uh, he's going to lose out on opportunity. He's going to dr- significantly decrease his value. Le'Veon Bell situation blew up in Le'Veon Bell's face for a reason. Uh, you, players want to believe they have control and leverage. But when you're on that rookie deal, uh, organizations, teams that draft players have leverage until that rookie deal is done and they're no longer uh, in the realm of restricted free agent territory. Once they're out of that territory, that's when you as a player start to have leverage. That's when you start to have control and being able to determine how your career will finish. But when you get drafted to a place, uh, those teams have, have I don't want to say full control. It's not full control, but they have the power. And you know what? They kind of should. They're the ones that brought you into this organization. They're the ones that took a chance on you. They're the ones that invested time, energy, and developing you as a player. Um, so, you know, the league is kind of set up to reward teams for drafting well and drafting players correctly. That doesn't seem like a bad thing to me. It seems like a positive thing, and players just need to kind of get used to that. Yeah, in fact, the CBA is changing in that direction, right? 2022 is actually the first year um, where this is something that comes into, you know, into play. So, I mean, Debo Samuel sitting out is just not an option. This isn't back when Ronnie Law used to, you know, sit out or, you know, when these other guys used to sit out, and then it it would really hurt your football team because they had no penalties. The NFL has done a good job of working these things in the CBAs. As the players get more money, they've worked out these things that functionally help the teams. Uh, be able to, you know, have leverage over these players. Now, teams like Jacksonville paying Christian Kirk what they paid him have definitely flooded the market and made it so Debo Samuel's worth more money than he was when the season ended. So this is something that's going to play out. But I I think that we're going to end up coming to the point where hopefully this thing comes to a a nice natural resolution and both sides are happy with the deal they end up working out. Because I think the 49ers are very interested in making sure Debo Samuel is a part of their future. And I think Debo would like to play for the cash and the 49ers in the future. True. Uh, Mr. Corey, Le'Veon Bell won financially, lost career-wise. I disagree. I think he lost financially and lost career-wise. 
um, because he could have made significantly more money over the long-term aspect of his career if he hadn't taken, you know, the sit-out period. If he had taken a little bit less, he earns more over the lifespan of his career than if he does what he did with the Jets. And did, did for, well, first off, did what he did with yeah. uh, Pittsburgh that ended up landing him with the Jets and then completely spiraling him uh, into irrelevance. Yeah, I think a lot of times people don't understand how hard it is for a football player to take a complete year off and be able to come back and play at the level at which they played. Um, you are not going to be as sharp when you come back. You're going to lose part of that edge. And some people can get it back and some people can't. And I think it did hurt Le'Veon Bell, who had a specific way of running. The way that he would slow play you know, and, and hide behind the line of scrimmage and then dart forward was something we didn't see from the NFL. And players tried to you know, emulate him afterwards. So I think that that hurt him a little bit. And then it ended up not paying off. Now, he did get the significant payday from the Jets. He got a couple years out of them. Um, so for a running back, he made some money. But longevity-wise, I think it did hurt his career because I think he could have got more guaranteed money if he would have just played out the life of his contract with the Steelers. If he had just done that, and then even if the Steelers didn't resign him to a bigger deal, someone was going to, um, and he wouldn't have lost necessarily that edge and that little bit of extra. Uh, Siggy's Light said, you get, you know, guys, uh, is it possible Debo is just pissed at the haters with the death threats? Who'd want to play for idiots like that? I mean, I think he knows it comes with the territory, right? If he goes to the Panthers, you know what's going to be there? Idiots? Yeah, there, there's unfortunately, there are people that just like to say and do inappropriate things. They like the world to burn? Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, and, and the thing is, these players know it comes with the territory. And the more popular you get, the more notoriety you get, the more you're going to suffer from these things. It's unfortunate. No one should have to deal with the hate mail. No one should have to deal with, you know, the threats and the things that Debo Samuels had to deal with. Um, and it's unfortunate, and I, I, I don't want it to happen to him. But I don't think that's going to be the decision that he decides he doesn't want to be a San Francisco 49er. Um, when it comes down to it, he wants to be a 49er. He wants the money to work. He wants them to come to an agreement with him on the you know the financial terms he's seeking. And uh, that's what they're working towards. But it doesn't mean it's going to happen. And I think that's why he's put the trade request in there. He's trying to put a timeline on this. We'll see if it works for him. Uh, we are definitely going to see if it works for him. And, and a 499 Super Chat, Mark Wines, Bulging Eyes. Thank you for the 499 oh, Super Chat. Yeah. Does Trey Lance starting have any effect to Debo and his potential of not seeing as much usage based on the way Lance uses the entire field? Uh, it could. I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think that you would think Debo would think he would work with any single quarterback, especially the way that Kyle Shanahan uses Debo Samuel. He was going to be a focal point on some of the plays that you know Kyle Shanahan schemes up. Because when Kyle Shanahan schemes up plays, he schemes them up for a, play, a certain player in particular at first. So I think there is a natural connection between Trey Lance and with Brandon Ayuk, but I think that can be worked out with Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel more comfortable with Jimmy Garoppolo because he came in as a rookie with him, uh, but he can work out that relationship. So could it be t potentially in the back of Debo's mind that maybe his production won't be as good with Trey Lance in year one, and that could hurt his financial uh, status in the future seasons? Sure, I, I I can't say that wouldn't be on the back of his mind for sure. It has to be on the back of his mind. It's going to be weighing on him a little bit. But I also made this this counter I mean counter argument with a couple of people and uh, offline, not not on stream, not on Twitter or anything. Just a couple of friends of mine who were asking me about the situation, and they were like, you know, well, could Trey Trey be influencing? Could this be an impact on Trey? Maybe he feels like the numbers are going to drop. I said, well, in all honesty, if anything, I don't know if he thinks his numbers are going to drop so much as maybe he feels like he'll be running the ball more. There'll be more situations to run, and if he's in the wideback role, maybe that role expands and it's more touches or the same amount of touches, and he's worried about longevity 
more so than than production right. opportunities. Um, if he's having to run the ball more, that's more of a pounding that he's taking on his body, and that's more of a pounding that he's taking on his body. Less opportunity to make money long-term as a wide receiver in the league. Because um, as soon as some of the athleticism goes, you're going to start to lose some things. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Uh, the athleticism goes, the hits take their toll, and then eventually you're not able to get the contract. So um, I think that it could play into it. I think there's a lot of factors, but when it comes down to it, Devo Samuel has a number that he believes is what he wants. True. Uh, the 49ers have a, a number at which they want to pay him, and they've got to find a way to make this thing work. Uh, could it be as simple as guaranteed money? Yeah, it could be. Could be. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what what ends up happening with the you know, with the contract. But I think they can still get it done. I really do. Uh, I I think I think so as well. And if this bridge is not burnt, this doesn't feel like this is the end for Debo Samuel. It doesn't feel like this is the end of this relationship. Uh, it just feels like a a, a nice little bumpy road right in the middle of uh, contract negotiations. Um, we're gonna see what happens. And Uncle Rob just said, uh, Acres got death threats too. So I mean, yeah. there you go. I mean, this this happens, right? We, we I talked about this on, on the live because people were bringing this up, and um, you've now brought it up and mentioned it. I mean, it, you can't avoid this, unfortunately. You just this is how the world kind of works. There are people who have the ability to make decisions, and not everyone is always going to make the right or necessarily what would be the best decision in terms of treating people the way they want to want they would want to be treated. Um, you know, social media has also made it very easy to hide behind an anonymity as well and be anonymous and be able to say whatever it is you want with very little consequence. Yeah, I mean, I I talked about this the other day and uh, I was telling Jess actually that in um, you know, the Stockton principal when he was referee in the in the NFL. Oh, that's right. Um, you know, he made a bad call against the Raiders and they showed up at his house and they they broke his windows and stuff. Uh, this is just something unfortunately that happens, you know, and these players are in the limelight and when you're in the limelight um, you're going to get attention and some of it's going to be positive and those that's really great. And some of it's going to be negative with everything you do. There's going to be positive and negative. Um, so I, I'm, I, it's unfortunate that Debo Samuel has to deal with this stuff, but hopefully that, you know, the other fans, the, the really good 49er fans will continue to rise up and support the team and support every player on the team, no matter if they're seeking a new contract or not, um, just support them. I mean, you, you, if he ends up leaving, you can feel however you want to feel about it. But um, right now he's a part of the 49ers and, I'm going to support him in his quest to get as much money as he can get, all the while understanding that the team is trying to keep that number down so they can build the best roster possible to win a Super Bowl. Look, it's funny. When we talked about this, and when we started talking about Debo negotiations before Debo was actually officially negotiating, um, the number that we kept talking about, the initial starting point for how this would look like, was somewhere between 17 and $19 million. The reports coming out now are the original base salary that got offered to Debo was just under $19 million a year was the average. So right in the real house of where we thought it would it would be, and most people believe the number is going to end up being around twenty three to twenty four million. We said that high end would be about twenty five for what Debo does and with the type of player he is, especially that wide back type role. If he is truly upset about this whole wide back situation, and and the base salary was nineteen, then if you're not going to be the wide back, if you're just going to be Debo Sam the wide receiver going forward then that base number is going to drop a couple million down to 17 to start negotiations. And then you're going to try and work your way up from there. Yeah. I mean, more than likely when you're coming into these negotiations, he said a number that was extremely high. And then the 49ers are trying to come in with an opening offer that is as low as possible without insulting him. Um, $19 million is not an insulting offer. I think that's a solid offer for what Debo Samuel has done with a rookie season. And then 2021 where he had a great year, but 2020 marred by injuries. I think there's not a, you know, a long enough, um, streak of showing what you can do and that you can stay healthy consistently so i think that the 49ers are right by offering 19 million he's right for wanting 30 million or whatever it is 
And I think at some point they're going to come to an agreement that's neither 30 or 19, but somewhere in the middle with him continuing to do, you know, the role that Kyle Shanahan envisions for him in the offense, which I don't believe is as extreme as wide back. We got in 2021 sure. uh, is a more neutered version or, or watered, <laughs> watered down version. But I think it's good. <laughs> I think it, I think it'll happen. <laughs> that's solid, man. Absolutely solid. The interview said AJ Brown got offered 20 million. So lax if, if AJ got offered 20 yeah. and Debo got offered a little bit under 19. So let's say it's 18.75 million for base salary. I think he's being a little, uh, he's blowing a little bit out of proportion. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, to me, it's, it's one of those things where I, I it's just negotiations. This is how it starts. I mean, this is how it works. Um, and I don't think anyone's insulted by the offers that are, you know, by the, what's been put out there. I think they're, these guys are just working it, and Debo's finding a way to work out uh, what he believes is, could be the best contract for him, and applying public pressure is, is the route that they're going right now. Uh, it's true. Uh, I would renegotiate for $19 million. I would be a supplement to my Social Security. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin Rose, T.O., if he sits out the season, what's the benefit? There, there's none. None for him. Zero. Literally zero. He doesn't, he doesn't advance his contract, so he would stay in his current situation, meaning he'd have one more year left on his rookie deal. Uh, and then he'd still be a restricted free agent the year after that. So he'd still in a situation where he's got two years before he has any leverage. Uh, he would be an unrestricted, unrestricted, unrestricted after he played out his rookie deal. But then they could franchise tag him at that point. Yep. Um, so you're delaying the inevitable. I mean, so that's what I'm saying. He's He has to show up. Because if he doesn't show up, he's going to get fined for every practice he doesn't show up. Um, but he made a little over $1 million. Potentially he could get fined pretty close to that by not showing up to training camp. That's not something he's going to want to do. Well, he, he hasn't made he hasn't made as much money. He hasn't made enough money to be able to handle the amount of fines, too. No. No, he, he really hasn't. Warren, how you doing, man? Warren in the chat, Ant. Uh, Warren, who was on Aftermath last night uh, with us, he says, give me two first-round picks for Devo, and it's a done deal. Tommy comes in with the hell nah. It's four first. Man, Tommy went bolder than me. Four. four. Wow. I said three. I said three and a three first and a third and knew that I was being, like, kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like, it's a little over the top, but... I don't want Debo to go. Tommy, four? I, I think four first-round picks sounds great. It does. Um, But you know what? You're not going to get re return on right away four first-round picks, right? I mean, that's at most, right, there's a team that has two in this draft. So if you're getting both of those, that's what you're getting back in Debo Samuel production over the season. That's true. And this then, year. what, one the next year and then one, one the year, year after? Yeah. Um, To me, that's just not enough value. So you need to get first-round picks with players in a combination because you have to make up for Debo Samuel right now. Yeah, you, you can't make up for them two, three years down the road. It needs to be right now. You need to be able to get a combination of veteran players where you know what they can do and a potential draft picks. But when it comes down to draft picks, it's a crapshoot. You know what I mean? For every Nick Bosa, there's a Solomon Thomas. For every Fred Warner, there's a Reuben Foster. Uh, there's just no guarantee you're going to get the guy that you need. True. Uh, would be, Debo be as effective as he has been lately in a different offense, though, says Joseph Whiteberg? I think no matter what offense he goes to, they're going to want to carve out a similar role to what Kyle Shanahan did. The copycat league. If you find a player, you go ahead and put him in there. I mean, one of the famous things that ever happened was Lawrence Taylor. When he came out of college, the Giants built a, a position for him. The 49ers built the elephant position for Charles Haley. True. When you have an elite talent, you, you bring them in and then you develop something that they can do. So they would definitely carve out something special for Debo Samuel. But the teams that are wanting to trade for Debo Samuel are not trading for the receiver, Debo Samuel. They're trading for the player, Debo Samuel, that can do all the wide back things that he can do. Well, look at this. Look at this, Ant. Look who's back. Fellow. Wow. 
Took him long enough. You know what's nice is Marketing Pro said Rams own the West. Not even a Super Bowl mention. Like, wouldn't you just lead with Super Bowl <laughs> champion? Why are you bragging about winning the NFC West? You just won a Super Bowl, my guy. Yeah. Hey, Marketing Pro, we do have a question for you. Actually, we were waiting for the next time. <laughs> the next time that you actually showed up in chat to ask you, do you want to come on Quest for the West this year and be the Rams correspondent? There you go. Do, is that what you is that what you want to do? You you want to do that, Marketing Pro? If so, uh, just send us an email, 49ersCutback at gmail.com. Yeah, and, and since he's the since the Rams are the best in the West, maybe he can prove it on Quest for the West. That would be a, that would be good. That yeah. would be good. So Marketing Pro, let us know. We we would like to have you. I think it would be a, a fun conversation and also also really rouse some people up in the chat, and it would definitely rouse some people off uh, in the chat. <laughs> I did see Ken Martin. He had brought this up a couple of times, so let's get to it. Uh, that's why all the GMs are saying the Niners are not letting go of Debo because they know if they had him, uh, what they would do. So, uh, listen, I, I think the other thing, too, is, is the reports are the Niners have pretty much turned down everything that's been offered. Anyone that has brought something to the table, they've basically turned it down at this point and haven't been willing to entertain it or even go into super in-detailed conversations about it. I think teams know what they would have to give up and what it's going to cost them right now. If they're being as stubborn as they are with Jimmy Garoppolo, how stubborn are they going to be with Debo Samuel? Yeah, extremely stubborn. And according to uh, Justina Anderson, the Jets told her the 49ers wanted a King's ransom. Uh, a King's ransom is a lot of capital it's, and a lot of ability. It's Tommy's four first-round picks and uh, probably some players. So I'm guessing it's players because, like I said, you can't get enough return on just four first-round picks. I, I think it would have to be you know the Jets' first-round picks this year. Uh, potentially, you know, a pick in the 30s, and then at least one player. And I've seen people say Mackay Becton, um, but potentially any other players that they have on their roster as they drafted pretty well last year. Um, so I think the 49ers would want a lot back for Debo Samuel. I don't know if any team is going to be willing to give up what the because the 49ers value on Debo Samuel is going to be so high. I don't know if another team can meet that. The Miami Dolphins would have been the team free Tyreek Hill deal. Uh, but now that they yeah. got Tyreek Hill, they're not going to be willing to make the Debo Samuel move. Um, so I think that I don't know if there's another team out there that's going to be willing to pay that King's ransom. Yeah, I don't I don't know if uh, I don't know if that's the case. I, I really don't think a team is going to be wanting to to give up that much capital. They're not going to be wanting to, you know, move away players. I mean, this is the Niners are what the Niners are going to be asking for. Right. Is not just a, a King's ransom in terms of getting back players who can reproduce his value. You don't want to have to take necessarily a step back if you're San Francisco. This team is built to win now. So you want to bring in the pieces that allow you to replicate what you were just doing. Uh, at maybe not the same exact way, but a very similar clip. And if you can do that, if you can replicate, then you're not taking a step back. Um, but that may require other teams and who are trying to build and get themselves to be playoff contenders in order to acquire a Debo Samuel to take a step back because you have to give up so much in order to to bring him into your fold. I, I don't think you're, I mean, depending on what you're giving up, right? I don't okay. think anyone that's adding Debo Samuel is actually going to lose uh, in the long run. I mean, that's... You, th you don't think if Washington gave up McLaurin and Gibson and Picks that... Their offense wouldn't be. Their offense takes an uptick. Debo Samuel's that dynamic. If you are using him in a wide back role, he can go in the backfield and run like Gibson. He can go out there and play receiver like at a different rate, but a, a, True. like McLaurin. True. Uh, you know what McLaurin hasn't been yet? A pro bowler. True. So everyone sees the potential. I just see him and Kyle Shanahan's offense being able to take the next step. And I see Antonio Gibson, somebody that came out of Memphis with the ability to play receiver and running back. Mm -hmm. So I like the versatility, but you would have to add another pick or another player on top of that. Um, so I think that's, I think they would have an uptick on offense if they had a Debo Samuel for sure. Uh, marketing pro Debo Samuel uh, will not hold out. He said 49ers will be forced to trade him because he's going to hold out and Debo Samuel can't afford to hold out. Yeah. So that, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. It just won't. Uh, 
let's see here. Uh, 49ers want Brian Robinson yards after tackle running back out of Alabama. Um, with what I've been seeing out of mock drafts lately, Ant, if, if anything close to that plays out where he starts sliding into the 130s, 140s, 160s, he's definitely going to be an option. Yeah, he's a comp to fill the, you know, the, the Jeff Wilson Jr. role. I mean, the, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Wilson Jr. He's a 4-5 guy. He's got that speed. He, can, he puts his foot in the ground and he gets upfield really fast. Yeah, I like Brian Robinson. I think where he's slotted in the draft, you could hit him at 134, and that would be a nice pick. Of the 49ers are deciding to go running back, I would argue at at 134, though, you have a Pierre Strong that has a similar body style, is more elusive in the open field, and runs a 4 3 uh, To me, that's a little bit more enticing. I think both have really good vision, um, but both running backs are, are solid prospects, and the Niners would be lucky to have either one of them on the team for sure. Uh, that, that, that would be a, that would be accurate. And I'm seeing a lot of, uh, wrestlers coming up through chat right now. So I don't know what you're doing chat, but I like it. Keep it, keep it going. That's Ray. He's been killing it with, since last night on the, <laughs> on the wrestlers. Well done. Fan. Definitely fan. Uh, losing Debo Samuel will scratch the 49ers Super Bowl chances. Rams two Pete says marketing pro. If we lose Debo, will it affect hot dog sales at the stadium? Says uncle Rob. Uncle well Rob, done. Uncle Rob wants to know about the hot dog prices at the stadium. That's what he's most concerned about. Um, hot dog prices are never cheap. Okay, um, <laughs> so if you're planning on double fisting a couple dogs at the game, uh, it's, it's going to cost you a pretty penny, and and it's not going to be cash either because you have to have an app just to buy it. That's true. They yeah. they're, they're doing the app ordering now. I don't know if they've gone away from that. But no, no, everything's going to be like that. That's just Levi's. Period. Do, do you remember? Do I still remember this vividly when we went to Niners Bears that Thursday night game that was. Oh, I mean, talk about a horribly played, it yeah. was horribly played football game. But I still remember us getting there, and I think we we're looking at. I think I remember we were talking about how expensive things were. I literally turned around and looked at the a beer cart. So I was considering getting a beer. Looked at the beer cart, and it was like fifteen dollars for like a bottle, like a bottle you'd buy at a store. Like you'd buy a a, a sixteen pack or a twelve pack at a store for fifteen. One bottle is like fifteen. I was just going. Jesus Christ, who does this? Why would you come here and order, <laughs> order alcohol or anything that is going to be a premium that you could get at the store and drink before the game and then walk in? Yeah, I mean, that's why so many people pregame in the parking lot. That's you know what I mean? You go ahead and you tailgate and you get yourself ready. So when you go in, you're drinking a beer or two uh-oh. And, and and not, you know, all the rest. Ant, ant uh-oh. What? I see I see an Azorian one has entered Ooh, the chat. What see, is up? I see an Azorian one has entered wow. the chat. Business just picked up. How, how you doing? The Steves, man. How, how you been? And JL coming with Earthquake. Oh, well my done. Lord. Wow. Bad news. Look at the chat right now. Just killing it. Yeah. Just, oh, Marketing Pro got involved in the wow. wrestling names. Wow. Who well done, it? Marketing Pro. Who would have thunk it? Finally, a good comment from well, me. Well, I, I just want to... I want to... I, I, <laughs> it only took him a year and a half, Ant. Congratulations, Marketing Pro. You finally did it. Yeah. Uh, yeah Steves, man. You, you, Zorin, were you excited? You excited for uh, next Friday? Huh? Draft party, you yeah. Pumped? You pumped, my guy? We're going to have a good time, right? I I, I hope so. I hope so. Look, Chimani <laughs> Christmas, Papa Shango. Holy cow. The TCC right now is going absolutely crazy. I'm seeing wrestling in the chat. What did I miss? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I don't know how it started, but it just started. And, it, it, Steve's, it just started. So just start dropping names of wrestlers in chat, I guess. They're, they're rolling. They are rolling right now. They're on fire, Ant. It's like it's like the wave in the middle of a segment on yeah. Raw. And, and I just seen people bringing up uh, we we got Papa Shango, and then the same guy is also the Godfather. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out there uh, Kama Mustafa as another one, <laughs> or Kama the Supreme Fighting Machine. Same guy. There you go. You know, and we have a show coming up that I think the TCC is just gonna absolutely love. Yeah. When we get there, uh, just just absolutely. Oh yeah, I agree. 
absolutely love. Uh, Marvin, went to Disney World in Florida a couple years ago, and the only way you could get food was from an app, and then four cheeseburgers cost $80. I ne yes, never met a cheeseburger I did not like. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I hope you ate all four cheeseburgers, because $80, you sure as heck d deserve to d enjoy that deliciousness. Um, yeah, that's one of the things about going to these events. You're going to pay a lot. <laughs> I've seen some people saying they'd rather stay at home and watch the game. Yeah, uh, uh, Steve, we're going to stick to WWE. Maybe, maybe AEW, I don't know. Oh, very nice. There's some solid names there. Yeah. EMX, The Boss, D-Trains, Andrew Banks. Wait, WWE only. Yeah, it feels that way. It def definitely does feel like it. If Sermon and Mitchell step up, do you still see Debo getting the same amount of rushing attempts as last season as Forktail? Um, here's why Debo Samuel is such an interesting thing. Now, I believe that if Raheem Mostert would have been back, Debo Samuel's running back attempts would have went way down because you'd have that explosive nature. The problem is Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell aren't the, have the same explosivity in the offense that Raheem Mostert, you know, and uh, Debo Samuel do. Debo Samuel looks like he's shot out of a cannon um, when he goes to get the ball till he gets to the line of scrimmage and beyond. Uh, it's a it's a little bit different. So they do need to replace that explosivity. They don't have it on the team right now. Elijah Mitchell is going to be a dynamite running back, a three down guy. He reads holes well. He makes good cuts. Um, but he's not that ex same explosiveness that you get from Debo or Raheem Mostert. That's why I'm a proponent of getting Pierre Strong, you know, uh, potentially um, uh, Isaiah Pacheco, guys who are have that elite speed that it can explode from, uh, go from zero to 20 real quick. Uh, they, they definitely can. Lackstad said too, when, do, when does Debo trade happen? Pre-draft or during a pick? Uh, I, it would feel like it need to be pre-draft because if you're not getting a top 10 pick for Debo Samuel or picks in the first round, if it doesn't happen there, um, doesn't feel like it would be worth dealing in. I think you watch it for the first round. You know what I mean? Early, because, early in the first? Well, potentially. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get, right? Because one of these sure. teams could offer a first round pick and a multitude of players. So Debo Samuel watches in the first round. If Debo Samuel doesn't get moved in the first round, he's not getting traded. I, I think that's that clear. He won't get traded the rest of the draft because he's not he's not a day two or day three pick guy. Um, so everyone can wait on pins and needles as those first 32 picks go off. Uh, and especially with the teams that have, you know, multiple first round picks. Um, I think you have to just watch them and see, but I still don't think Debo's getting moved. In fact, I'm feeling really calm and confident about him being a 49er in, in 2022. Uh, agreed. Definitely feeling confident there. Uh, Ken Martin saying Tyler Chandler or Pierre Strong. I saw someone earlier saying Baylor Jones would be a good fit. I see Rome 33 and we're acting like a team that's recently won a chip. Shake my head. Shake my head. Yeah. He wants more movement. So what would you like to see? Ken, uh, not Ken. Uh, what would you like to see, Rome 33? What do you want to see? What would you see? What would you have liked the 49ers to do differently up to this point or could still do differently that would make you feel better about the position they're in? Yeah, I mean, there's still some free agents they could go for, True. you know, and potentially add if they free up the money. Um, we don't know what they're doing, but they've done a good job of bringing back the players they need to bring back. They solved the cornerback issue opposite of Emmanuel Mosley, which are various Ward. Um, they potentially could bring back to Kwiski Tart. That would be a move. They've insulated their defensive line to be the potentially the best defensive line depth-wise that they've ever had in the Kyle Shanahan John Lynch tenure. Um, so I think they have made moves, but there are still some areas where people have questions about. Hopefully they can answer some of those questions through free agency in the draft, but we don't know for sure yet. Uh, uh, yeah, we don't. We really don't know for sure. Some solid names still in chat. I mean, I don't even know. Oh, how fantastic. I don't know how they're still going in. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know how they're still Yeah, we got a little Texas tornado going for Marketing Pro. <laughs> a little bear. Yeah. Well, all this negative uh, tick, tick for tag going on between the two sides right now play a role in Debo's moral, how hard he plays for the team. If they do come to terms on a new deal, said Joseph Whitebird, no. Because at the end of the day, this is this is not personal. It's business. This is not 
the Niners don't like Debo and Debo doesn't like the 49ers. This is Debo wants to get compensated accordingly and the San Francisco 49ers want to pay Debo Samuel, but they don't want to pay so much that they are handcuffed and hamstrung from building out the roster that's best for the team moving forward. This is business, not personal. I think both sides right now know that. Nothing has come out one way or the other from either side that has been a, an attack or a shot at an individual or an organization or a person themselves, which means right now, as long as, the, if this is the worst that it gets, then this isn't going to impact anything. In fact, there'll be a nice warm embrace from all sides when everything's said and done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is one of those things where if you change 49ers to AT&T and you change Debo Samuel to Verizon and they're trying to come to an agreement on a deal, um, you, you're taking out the personalities of it, then there's no hard feelings, right? Because it's just business. That's basically what you got. Two business entities trying to come to an agreement. The problem is there's actual fans that care about this. Fans that are you know devoted to their football team and that have a stake in how their football team plays. So now they're getting emotionally invested in these negotiations. Uh, that's that's normal and that's common and that's how you know this is going to be approached. And some fans normally take the the you know the owner side of things. Some fans normally take a player side of things. Um, and then some are just sitting there just waiting for it to happen. But uh, this is this is just negotiations between two entities trying to get a deal that's best for them, their organization, their brand. And if you don't let feelings play into it and emotions play into it, you know, then you're going to be okay. But if you do, um, then you're going to ride the roller coaster that is these negotiations, and uh, you're going to feel some type of way one way or the other. Correct. Uh, that that's definitely uh, definitely accurate, and definitely accurate there. Uh, Jess, you're also not wrong. There is a lot going on in chat. It is hard to keep track of who is asking what. So Rome 33 has clarified, though, Ant. Uh, he said, I'm saying the Debo debacle. Obviously, they lowball them. You pay. You have to pay a weapon like him, period, exclamation point. Uh, you do have to pay a weapon like him. But once again, you're not going to pay a weapon you know, more than you should. You're, you're, you have a value on him, and you're going to try to pay him that value. Now, in negotiations, you never come with the the offer that you're willing to make. You're not gonna if you're willing to pay Debo Samuel twenty five million dollars. You're not walking in day one and saying, "Hey, Debo, I'll give you twenty five million dollars." Because guess what? If Debo knows you're willing to give twenty five, he wants thirty. Um, that's just the way it is. That's smart business. So they came in with a low offer that didn't insult him. Uh, it's something that they he just they haven't been willing to move up as fast as he wanted them to move up. Yeah. And so this is negotiations. That's just how it works. Insul an insulting offer, Ant, would have been Christian Kirk's deal, right? That would have been an insulting offer. Coming in at Christian Kirk's deal and saying, this is, we're willing to pay you what Christian Kirk is making. That would have been something where Debo sitting there going, yeah, no, this, this is, this is ridiculous. What a slap in the face. Uh, I, I, you can't, you can't even put me in the same, you can't put us in the same conversation. You can't pay me that kind of money. Yeah. I think that, you know, one of the things that the 49ers always have going their way is the way that they treat the players. Uh, they do treat the players with transparency, with the utmost respect. And that's why Debo Samuel's handling this with the utmost respect. Going ahead and hiding his pictures and stuff on social media um, is not a personal thing, but a reaction way that these players and, and agents believe is putting public pressure onto the 49ers. This is the difference between now and the past. Social media has been used, utilized as both a distraction tool as well as, as sometimes for players a weapon. The way to rally, right, people, to a, a way to get them involved yeah. in what's going on and help them try and understand what is happening and, uh, you know, try and get, basically fan support or pressure going one way or the other. Um, but there's, there's twofold. That's a double-edged sword because that fan pressure can go one way towards San Francisco can also go back towards the player. So it's, it's a, the very fine line that you have to walk there. I think what's interesting. I have to point this out about chat as they're going wrestling names is the amount of non-duplicates that we're getting. We're not getting, I haven't 
see the dupe, a single duplicate yet, Ant. It, it's it's impressive. I'll it tell you right now. Well, well done, chat. Um, that is that is crazy. Um, I did see something come from Rome thirty three again. He says, "When ninety five was the last time we won, we're this close. Just pay him, negotiate if you." Yeah, I mean, but I think Rome just take a wait and see. If we get to training camp, we get to that point, and they don't get this deal done, you the way you're feeling right now will be definitely warranted. Um, let's just wait and see what happens. But I get what you're saying because 95 was a long time ago. We all want to win a Super Bowl, and we know Debo is a big part of that. Three points away from potentially getting to the Super Bowl, which we all believe they could have taken care of Cincinnati in the Super Bowl. So um, I get where you're coming from, Rome. I definitely 100% agree. I'm just saying maybe we wait a little bit and just see what happens because normally the Niners get deals done you know, before training camp. Just Devo was trying to apply a little bit of pressure before the draft by asking for a trade because – Guess what? Lots of trades happen during the draft. Uh, tons of trades yeah. happen during the draft. And what have we seen from the 49ers the last handful of years? Ant, is, it's been trades during the draft. Yeah. Uh, you had the Trent Williams trade not too long ago. They had the trade just before the draft, uh, moving up for Trey Lance as well. Um, the Niners have done this. They have made moves on draft day under this current regime. Um, so don't expect it not to be the case. Uh, I, I really I really do think that this is something to keep an eye on going forward. Do I think it's going to be necessarily Jimmy Garoppolo? No, there's, I mean, excuse me, Debo Samuel. No, it could also be Jimmy Garoppolo. It could be a lot of different ways. Uh, the only one with the respect to the wrestling knowledge in this <laughs> chat. I love it. It is absolutely I, insane. I love that Rome 33 comes back with, by the way, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I love that. <laughs> well done. My goodness gracious. I did see someone bring up the honky donk man. The honky donk man. I just, I like, I like that because I, I love doing my Santino Morella. The honky donk man was intercontinental champion for what was, was it 62 weeks? I Santino Morella have been the champion for two weeks. Yeah, solid, solid, my guy. I'm looking forward to a 4 0 sweep of the Lambs this upcoming season. This is Android user. Well, there it is, Ant. A nice, clean 4 0 sweep. He's yeah, and, and if Marketing Pro was willing to step into the ring that is, you know, uh, Quest for the West. Quest for the West. He could get, you know, pretty much cleaned up every single week or or, or do some damage himself, maybe. Good. Yeah. yeah. Marketing Pro, let us know. Yeah. Let us know. We're interested. We're interested in having you on. We think it'll be fun. <laughs> The, the best part about this, too, with all of these wrestling names that are, that are coming in the chat. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to. Hafizian hitting with Corporal Kirshner. Oh, my Lord, dude. Oh, wow. <laughs> WrestleMania 2, Corporal Kirshner versus Nikolai Volkov with classy Freddy Blassie as just a fantastic match, by the way. It's just the thing. I know some wrestling. I'm not super, like... It, way back like wrestlemania one and two yeah. it starts to get a little hazy in terms of like the amount of people i know but here's what i can tell you there's not a name that's come through here where i've been like i don't have like i have an idea of who it is the best part is is they haven't even started like touching on like the some of the bigger most recent names in the last 25 30 years yeah. of wrestling which means if we stayed on air for another two hours the chat would still be going right now yeah there there is a couple names i've been waiting to see and i haven't seen yet um how have i not got a special delivery jones yet uh, oh yeah losing to chat. uh king kong bundy in wrestlemania one in nine seconds like i i kind of expected to get that one already sure i I'm a little surprised by that as well. Uh, Megan threatening to bring out the video of toddler Alex being the macho man. Don't do that. Ant's actually seen that one. Yeah. Dropping the elbow off the yeah. chair. Yeah. Nobody needs this. Kind no, of stuff. you don't need it. I don't need yeah. I don't need it in my life. I don't. <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. No part of it. No part of it, Ant. Chad is absolutely. I mean, this was, this was a TCC takeover, Ant, of 49ers Cutback Live Q&A. 100%. 
Can I make a TikTok out of that? Yeah, you can. No, yeah. No, one thousand percent. Yes. No. Yes. No. Oh, oh, yeah. Wrong. Uh, yep. It's wrong. I, I think you got to give the people what they want. No, uh, the people don't even know about the TikTok. Yeah, they don't need to. They don't need to see the TikTok. Yeah. They don't. They don't need to know that you can go to TikTok right now and search up 49ers Cutback and, you know, follow us on TikTok. You, you don't need to know that. Yeah, Uncle Rob hitting with JYD, the junkyard dog. Yeah. My goodness gracious, answer. My goodness gracious almighty. Uh, th- look, this this whole, everything that's going on with the 49ers right now is intriguing. Uh, there's still uh, drama, not really drama, but, you know, anticipation for Aziz Al-Shair finally accepting uh, his tender, which has to happen tomorrow, so... We'll see when it happens, what goes down, and what implications come from that in terms of what the Niners have to do contract. Yeah, let's discuss the defense a little bit because sure. we can discuss the defense and decide if there are really any holes left. You have the defensive line, which is absolutely stacked. We understand Samson Ebicom is going to play opposite Nick Bosa, Armstead, and Kinlaw in the middle. They have tremendous depth. Linebacker-wise, Aziz Alshire, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Corners, Traverse, Wardy, Manuel Mosley. We have the hole at nickel. Darquez Denard and uh, Dante Johnson. Alex, who's going to be the starting nickel? Is it going to be Diamond or Lenore? Is it going to be one of those two guys? Is that a hole? I would say it's Darquez Denard, and I would say that it's a hole. Um, so nickel, nickel corner is a hole. I would like them to fill said hole early in the draft, either pick 61 or, or at pick 93. One of the two, one of those two picks, 93 or 61, just fill that hole, fill that need with, you know, we, we've talked about a handful of guys, whether it's Marcus Jones, whether it's Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama, or whether it's, uh, someone like uh, Damari Mathis out of, out of Pittsburgh that you're very big on and, and huge and fan of Damari huge, Mathis, huge fan of. So I, I think nickel corner is definitely something that can be addressed and should be addressed um, and should obviously be done sooner rather than later because the later you get into this draft, the harder it is to find said guy who can slot in immediately and start. And if you're going to go this route, um, I would rather you go draft someone that could start than relying on the names that we currently have. Not that I don't like the names we currently have, just don't love the names that I that we currently have. And bring me someone that I could love. That's all. Yeah, I think Diamond Lenore is still a developmental guy. Uh, I think he's. I don't know if he's going to be ready this year. That's why I'm willing to bring in a, a nickel corner, uh, potentially take over for K1 Williams. The the question has been safety as well. That's something that's been consistently talked about as a whole for the 49ers. I wonder if the 49ers see it that way. You signed George Odom to the deal you did, but you also have Tavarius Moore, who they were considering being a starter the year before, and Talanu Hufanga, who they're pretty high on. And we know Hufanga is more of a box safety, maybe not have the coverage skills. But once again, going into a draft with what right now, one hole, um, and, and the guy that they have that can play that nickel corner in Dark West and Nard was a first-round pick, uh, capable, definitely. Um, who else have we sold that have been first-round picks that the 49ers brought in? It was a different different uh, regime, but Carlos Rogers, a first-round pick, sure. who was, had didn't do a lot, ended up being a big-time player for the Niners. Also, Dante Whitner, same thing, a top-five pick. The Niners brought in who ended up being a big-time player but wasn't much you know, when he played in the AFC before that. I think it was the Bills. Yep. Um, so the Niners have you know done this before. Potentially, Denard, maybe they don't have a hole per se, uh, but they want to go ahead and, and, and address it. I, I do like Marcus Jones, though. Him or Damari Mathis would be who I would go with as a nickel corner. Blacks, <laughs> Dad, this is a sign. That Niners, that us Niners fans are at our emotional breaking point. That being said, hashtag the Undertaker. <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, oh goodness! Yeah. And Bay Rays, I saw earlier. Uh, Bay Rays said, you know, I, I'm seeing the polls. So, so does this mean you guys think that Debo is being traded? I know Megan clarified it and clear, cleared it up for you. No, neither one of us actually believes that Debo is no. going anywhere. No, I don't think Debo is going anywhere because when the Jets came out and told Josina Anderson it was going to take a king's ransom, I do believe it was going to take a king's ransom. 
Um, and the 49ers have that kind of value. Think about it, how much value the Niners have on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true. Um, they're going to have an outrageous amount of you know value set for Debo Samuel. I don't know if a team is going to be able to meet that value with draft capital and players because it's going to take both. Uh, it's, per, I mean, yeah, it would feel like it would take both. And it feel like it, it's going to require you getting right. It's, it's sort of like what the Texans were doing with, with uh, Deshaun Watson, when they were originally putting their, their, uh, their trade negotiations out there for what they wanted for Deshaun Watson. It was a King's ransom, but remember they wanted multiple first round picks and then multiple defensive starters, right? The Niners aren't going to necessarily specify. They're going to want someone who can do some things that Debo can do. Ideally a running back that can do some things as well and picks like they're, they're, they're going to want a multitude of things that you limit the the loss of Debo Samuel in the short term and have the options to be able to find a replacement or find guys to replace what he can do long term as well. Yeah, and I see right here Lou says if Mac retires, is it Brunskill over Brindle? Um, I I would I think so. I mean imagine? I don't know for sure. We do know that Brunskill had the starting you know job in 2020. He got a lot of experience. Um, but Brindle I'm, I think is somebody they're at least high on. But I think at that point, honestly, Lou. That's when you go ahead and you figure out a way to get some money to go get J.C. Treader, uh, and you make sure you bring in Treader to play the center position. We know Kyle Shanahan values a veteran over. You wouldn't. You definitely have to ensure that Daniel Brunskill is available to play guard in case one of your other options isn't there. Uh, so I, I think if they know Alex Mack isn't coming back, drafting a rookie center could be something they do. But I think being on the market for J.C. Treader would make the most sense. Uh, it would it would feel like uh, J.C. Treader would make the most sense. And I know you said that the other night on, I think you said that on Aftermath, actually, you brought up uh, yeah, J.C. Treader and JLA gave you the J.C. Treader as you were saying it and then the big accurate last night. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Android user, no. Aaron Donald is grounded and crying in his room when he found out Daddy Brunskill is coming back next season. <laughs> Aaron Donald's probably not happy about that, especially with no Von Miller help on the outside there or uh, or any other speed guys as well. We'll yeah, see. A-Stack Calhoun. You just had to, Ant. You just had to put yeah, it in there. I, I came with with Barry Horowitz and Haystack Calhoun so far. Um, oh, I can't feel left out. Poverty. God, the chat has absolutely lost its mind tonight. Yeah, and you know what? i seen someone... I, I'm going to talk about this one wrestling thing before we move on, but Ray brought up the model Rick Martel. Oh, my um, God. One, one day I happened to tweet... Um, There's a smell of arrogance in the air. Rick Martel must be around, and he retweeted me. True story. I... I I had to throw that out there. I just thought, wow. Thanks, Rick Martell. Oh, goodness gracious almighty. But uh, we went through the defensive holes. What about on offense? Because Ray brought... Oh, I'm sorry, Ray. Um, uh, Lou brought up the, the Brunskill situation if Mac retires. Is there holes on offense that we think we need to fill, be filled? Because Jawan Jennings is coming back, right? Let's just, let's just leave Debo where he's at. But you got Brandon Ayuk, you know, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod... They signed a couple other guys that are potentially going to be back into the roster, um, you know, fill out the roster guys and special teams help. Sure. Um, is wide receiver still a place that needs to be addressed, number one? Would you address it in free agency or the draft? And then number two, is there another position along the in, on the offense you think they need to go after? I would still try and address it both ways. I would still try and get a, a guy in the draft who has the size um, and speed aspect because I don't believe that guy exists in free agency right now. Yeah. I do think you can address speed. If you're just looking for speed in the wide receiver room, I think you can address that in free agency because Will Fuller is still available. Will Fuller is still available. So I still think there's options for the 49ers to address. Um, my personal belief and opinion is, is the biggest hole is tight end. Because I'm George Kittle is going to miss games. He's going to miss games. He's going to miss one to three games. And the minute that happens, you have a glaring hole, a huge hole. Um, so that is still something that I will 
I will push till it either happens or the Niners don't do it. And hopefully George Kittle stays healthy for a whole season. But that feels like honestly the biggest hole because I don't think the Niners believe, even if I have question marks around the O-line and at certain spots, left guard, um, maybe not so much right guard, but McGlinchey's health and, you know, is he, will he be the guy he needs to become the start of the season? I don't know if the Niners necessarily believe that that is his biggest concern as some people may believe, or even necessarily I think it is because it's still not the highest thing. It's not my highest concern. I think tight end is still my biggest concern. Um, and then depth at the running back room because I don't know what Trey Sermon is. And I don't know if we're going to see a return of the old version of Jeff Wilson Jr. or a guy who is closer to being the, the guy we all know and love, but still just isn't quite there or, you know, something in between that. I think in the running back room, they protected themselves with uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., yeah, him and Elijah Mitchell being a one-two punch together. True. But you're right. There are question marks surrounding Trey Sermon. We just don't know what he is yet. Uh, we think, well, and, and his film doesn't help either. Yeah, right? I mean, there, there's potential there, but you just don't know if he's going to be able to develop into the one cut and go guy. And so right now he's up in the air. And then you have Jermichael Hasty, who even though people are are really huge fans of, he's a third down back that didn't have a whole lot of production. He's a little bit of a liability in the blocking game. So I think it's one of those things where you could upgrade the third down back. So running back definitely could be addressed. There are options in free agency. There's options in the draft. Um, the cheaper options are in the draft. And that's why in our war room last night, it was not shocking to me that we went Pierre Strong. Now, get, being able to get Pierre Strong in the fifth round was shocking. That and, was stunning. And then also being able to get Isaiah Pacheco as well. So you doubled up on running backs who run you know, 4-3 at over 210 pounds. To me, that's exciting. So I think that that's something that could be addressed. Now, you bring up tight end. It's all about depth, right? Somebody to come compete with, with Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner. But I ask you this. What if the 49ers are going to go to more wide receivers? You know, you got Jawan Jennings already. That's one of the best blockers. Potentially, if George Kittle's not able to play, you just transition away from having an inline tight end and more to having these bigger wide receivers. If they draft somebody or if they, you know, end up signing somebody else that could potentially help in that area as well. Um, it, it's it's an intriguing possibility, right? And it's definitely something the Niners could do. I think they have the bodies and the pieces and the current guys in place that they could transition into that and, and not miss a whole lot, not lose a whole lot out on it. So definitely something I could see, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen them doing that yet. When Kittle went out, they didn't transition to those sets right away. They didn't go into those looks and those formations. But they didn't have Joan Jennings step up like he did. Correct. Now, you, so this is what I mean. is You have it now, but until it actually starts happening, I'm not convinced. And to be honest with you, at some point in time, George Kittle is going to start his decline. And you're not going to be running 90% of your snaps in a situation the way they've schemed up their run game currently without a tight end who can do some dynamic things as a blocking option. You have Kyle Juszczyk. You do. You do. You lose then the lead back. At the back uh, only if you're running eyebacks, but now you have Trey. You do. Well, what I'm saying is with Trey Lance, there's a, a change in philosophy in how you can run your offense. There is. And spreading it out is not a bad thing. So No, it's not. But you're still going to have to have a tight end who can go out and do things as well in packages. And, and what, yeah, but now you're talking about sub packages. You're not talking about Correct. having to have the extreme depth that you're referring to. You, you do, you, but do you want Charlie Warner to be the guy going out there in sub packages? Because I don't. Uh, if he's blocking, then I don't really have a problem with that. I it. don't. I just don't. I don't like it. No, I, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, if like you're it. talking about what kind of value do you put on a tight end? Well, it's it's one of those things, right? It's for me, it's not before pick 105. It has to be after pick 105. It has to be someone who can slide into the roster. That limits the range because I think it's a, I think it's between about 120 to about 150, maybe 160 if you're lucky. If someone slides, that you could get that guy who could potentially make the roster. Yeah, I think we we both think that there's tight ends in the draft that we like, right? Mm -hmm. That could potentially fit in. 
Um, the question is, is just, you know, at what point do we realize that there's probably a shift going on with how Kyle Shanahan is changing the offense and actually widening out? And that's including George Kittle when he's in the game, not playing in line as much, but also playing in a power slot role yep. will open lanes for, for Trey Lance to be able to run the football and run the, you know, the read option. Uh, so I was just I was just wondering what your feel was on there. But I do see tight end. You're right. That is definitely something they're going to target in the draft at some point. Um, and I'm I'm glad because I actually have a couple gems I'm looking forward to talking about in our gym video. Excited about the gems video, and super excited about the gems video. Uh, after all of those, the 49ers are winning the Super Bowl in in Arizona. Side of Trey Lance's first career start. Book it, says Mr. Corey. I like that. Look at that optimism. Yeah, back in Arizona, I mean, it would feel like a home game considering how much they played there in 2020. There's that too. Yeah. Uh, so is it Lou here? Lou here a little earlier asked as well. Do you go for speed at wide receiver or someone like Shakir if Debo stays? I think it's a speed guy. I mean, you're, you're, if, if Debo is staying, you're looking to get somebody that could take the top off the defense. And I think preferably with like a tall receiver, but if you can't get a tall receiver, you're going to go with someone else. Um, there are wide receivers in this draft. You got, you know, potentially Alec, uh, Pierce is somebody I think I would go with before Shakir because of the speed and the, the, you know, the range at which he can get the football, he can high point it, but you want somebody that can stretch the defense that way it allows those guys to operate, especially Debo and George Kittle being able to operate over the middle of the field is still going to be important no matter who the quarterback is. Yes, it is, sir. Yes, it is. I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to think, trying to think. There it is. Lockstad. What round will cook the running back go? Um, it feels like second to third round is roughly where it's going to be. There was a time where, Pick 105, Ant, the, the, that pick 105 slot, that back end, the third round compensatory pick was a slot he could slide in at. Seems like the closer we get to draft it, the, the more he's moving up boards and people are starting to fall in love with him. So it may be a situation where you have uh, him, him going between picks, maybe not 61, but maybe closer to pick 80 uh, and pick 95. Yeah, I think you're right. I think pick 80 would be a, a kind of the area in which he would go. Um, so 75 to 90 is the range that he's going to be available. And so if you're looking to get it, you know, a running back with his, I mean, probably the smoothest running back in the draft. I mean, this guy is really smooth. I think potentially he's a third down back right away and then can develop into a three down back. So I like him a lot. I would love him. I, I loved him a lot when he was going to be the comp pick at 105. Uh, now that he's moved up, I don't know if you're willing to trade up because I think the 49ers might have targets. They value a little bit more than running back in that range. Because we talked about already, you need to walk away with a nickel corner um, and potentially a speed wide receiver. Those guys are, that can make an impact on your team are kind of in that that 50 to 75 range. Uh, fair. Uh, very fair. And William Roberts saying, Village Jones Jr. Would be, a nice, would be nice on this team. The Niners have met with him. They did look. They yeah. also were talking to a defensive tackle out of Stanford today also. Oh, really? I forget his name. Yeah, I did not catch the name. I do like Velas Jones. Velas Jones is one of my favorite players um, in the draft. I know he's going to potentially go in the late fourth, early fifth round. I'm even seeing a mock farther than that, which doesn't make sense to me because I think he's a fourth round talent for sure. Uh, but I like his stature, the way his body's built, you know, being 5'11", but having the thickness of over 200 pounds, he'll be able to take, you know, withstand the beating that would take to play in Kyle Shannon's offense. But I think he has the ability to do a lot of things, you know, with the football, whether that's fly sweeps, reverses, the screens, but he can also have the 4'3 speed to be able to take the, the ball to the house if he catches the slant. So I do like Villas Jones. I think he would be a nice selection for the 49ers if they're looking to double up on wide receiver in the draft. Fair enough. Uh, and the defense tackle out of Stanford was Thomas Booker. And um, he was at the Ravens local pro day. The Niners wanted him at theirs, but he was in the Baltimore area. So he did that. He met with, uh, virtually with the Titans, Niners, Colts, Patriots, and Chargers. Yeah, I think you're looking for guys that you potentially draft, you know, at some point 
um, or even undrafted free agents. You got to meet with these guys and see, you know, what they're about. And that, that's one of the ways you do it because you still want to add guys to your practice squad and fill out your 90 man roster. So these are smart moves. Uh, very smart moves. Indeed. Ken with the Devo isn't going anywhere. Look, TCC was a lot of fun. This, this was a lot of fun. And chat definitely uh, took over the show here. Uh, ripping off, ripping off wrestlers left and right up and down center. I mean, everywhere they, they hit every, every era generation. Did you see what grimace said? I missed it. Grimace said, say something to make me feel better about Debo <laughs> with a sad face. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm seeing it now. I, I think I'm going to say it like this, just don't get too emotionally invested in it. These are, you know, make contract negotiations. And I think in the end, it's all going to work out. Debo had a, a solid relationship with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers when the season ended. He was heartbroken by what happened, but at the end of the day, about how the season ended, not, not like the team let him down or anything, uh, but heartbroken about how things happened. Turned around, he's been doing his thing. There have been no issues and nothing to suggest one way or the other that Debo doesn't like San Francisco. He doesn't like people within the organization or that the organization feels uh, you know, poorly about Debo Samuel. It feels like two sides who are being very stubborn about what they want and they've kind of put a pause on conversations and halt things, and Debo has come out and said things, but people say things in the heat of the moment, right? When emotions get higher, when tensions get rough and things get bumpy, sometimes you say things. You don't always mean them, but you say things. This might just be one of those situations, so just keep your head up. Yeah, I, I think that probably this happens in all negotiations. We're just not privy to the information, and really we still don't even know how much is true, so uh, I'm definitely not going one way or the other on this. I'm just going to sit back, monitor it, uh, but D.O. Samuel definitely ruffled some feathers with him uh, requesting a trade from the 49ers. David Campbell, you all lost me with the wrestling stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right, David. It's all right. There's, Megan feels exactly the same with the hand raise. So there you go. You and Megan, uh, not alone there. Uh, Jess here saying, can't wait for the draft party. I'll be there. Who else is going? TCC, we want to see you there. We want to see you at the draft party, Galt, California, April 29th. It's a Friday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Back Alley Brew. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be lumpia, there's going to be tacos, there's going to be games, there's going to be the draft, obviously, and then these two gentlemen right here, talking 49ers with all of you, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to interacting with the TCC and everyone that's going to be there. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun event, and uh, I, I, I am curious who the 49ers pick, but that's only part of my curiosity. The other part is just you know how we get to interact with the TCC. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it'll be our, our first live show you know, out and about. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Hey, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, what's all this about tiny Lister asking for a trade? This game. There you go. Nice Debo reference. I just can't. Ed. I can't do it. I can't do it no more. I can't take it with you, Caleb. Uh, look, TCC, this is a blast today. Absolutely fun. Appreciated the cutback crew takeover of the chat today and uh, doing your own thing. It was a lot of fun. It was entertaining to see all the names and impressive. If we're just being honest, the sheer volume of people they just brought up and without duplicating a whole lot of names was uh, something to behold. Yeah, they went from Debo to wrestling and chat and a snap. I mean, it was like that. Uh, it was impressive. But yeah, um, this was a fun a fun conversation. And I, I liked being able to interact with the TCC, no matter what they're willing to talk about on the day. Uh, they were definitely in the, the, the 49er boat early and then wrestling took over at some point yeah you know what that happens sometimes and sometimes it's football overload but hey that's a-okay it's 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 all right look it was a lot of fun tonight good times you don't want to miss tomorrow's video that's going to be coming out at 5 p.m pacific time it's going to be a lot of fun 
More content coming your way Saturday as well. Sunday, even more. And then the live stream to wrap up the Cutback Chat Sunday night that you're not going to want to miss at 8.45 p.m. So lots of fun things coming your way, Cutback crew. An exciting week-long build ant to the draft. And War Room Season Finale on Wednesday, 5 p.m. Pacific time. They're not going to want to miss that. No, they're not going to want to miss War Room Season uh, five fin- or season 1 Finale. Season 1, yeah. Um, Alex, are, are you going to be pitching for GM? Are, are you ready for this? Are you are ready I'm, to, I'm definitely ready. Are you ready to go mono e mono on pick 61? Who's going to be the GM for the first pick? Uh, look, I, I'm ready to go mono e mono on it, but here's the thing I know. At the end of the day, we're going to have a solid solid selection at 61. I, I, I sure hope so. Yeah, I sure hope so. Or maybe trading. Potentially. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I do think that me and you are going to get on the same page because we do have to work together because whoever is picking at 61 uh, is one thing, but somebody has to pick at 93, and we need to be able to work together so that we can get the best draft for the Niners. Uh, yeah, we got to get the best draft yeah. for the Niners, and it has to be the best draft for the Niners. Uh, Steve's coming through, the Azorian one coming through. with the, Okay, but guys, what are your thoughts on replacing Joe with Steve Young, guy? Checks nuts. Oh. Wrong year. Oh. A little, little late. There you go. It's a little late, but forgiven. He went back in time right there. It's, it's forgiven, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's forgiven. Uh, thanks, guys, for doing the show. Being on the East Coast, it's hard to talk Niners. Appreciate y'all. Thank you, Grimace, for being here. We appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And Paul Sanders asks, anything happening tomorrow? Why, yes. Yeah, we have a video coming out tomorrow, so um, be on the lookout for that. We're going to be doing another uh, draft breakdown. We're breaking down um, positions. Yeah, we're breaking down positions, so you're going to want to see that. Uh, it, it's a fun breakdown. Don't want to spoil it because the video will be set to premiere here probably in the next 30 or so minutes. So just keep a lookout. You'll get a notification letting you know what video is premiering tomorrow. We got one coming out for you Saturday as well. And then Sunday, obviously, we got the nice cutback chats where we get ready for everything coming up draft-wise this upcoming weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know what Alex is going to be talking about on Sunday Night Chat. I don't I don't know either. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Figure so, it out still. Everyone, you know, go check it out if you have a chance. But I think there's going to be a lot of draft content coming up next week. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a great week um, because fans, you're going to be in control again on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday for the fan control mock draft. And I'm really looking forward to that because um, there is an argument to be made that the fans actually had the best mock draft so far True. of any that have come on the channel. And I think I think the fans, they're really locked into what the Niners do. Uh, that's very true. The TCC has been locked in at Tuesday. Fan control mock draft 2.0, the final one of the season. And then Wednesday, War Room season finale. You don't want to miss any of it. And Jess is not right. There will be an IG post announcement as well. So if you want to find out, even necessarily before things go live here on YouTube or videos are set to premiere, Instagram might be the best way to go. I'm laughing at Android user. When's the next show that won't have Marketing Pro in the chat? I don't know. Android user might not like Quest for the West if, <laughs> if Marketing Pro takes us up on our offer. I don't know. Unless he takes, it's, unless he takes lumps in it. Love it. There you go. He's gonna absolutely <laughs> love it. Can you dig it, sucker? We'll wrap it up exactly with that, right? Couldn't have said it better myself. TCC was a lot of fun tonight. We enjoyed <laughs> ourselves. And just giving the five time, five time. Sep, absolutely glorious. Look. Do <laughs> 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 the spinner Rooney now? Too? No, no spinner Rooney. Okay, fair. But you know what time it is, Alex? Let's talk another one up. Catch you later, TCC. Did you miss 49ers War Room? It was absolutely spectacular. Our guests did an amazing job. They did. They did do an amazing job. And I would say shame on you, but luckily you can go back and watch it immediately after this and you should definitely do so. So make sure you come back to the channel, go through season two playlist and find yourself some 49ers War Room. You don't want to miss 49ers War Room. It's the best thing going today.